Welcome to Grantland's Summer Movie Preview for 2015. That's Grantland's Wesley Morris, Pulitzer Prize winner. That's ABC's, ESPN's, Disney's. You, you're just Disney's Chris Conley. Work for a living. Disney's Chris Conley. I'm Bill Simmons. We're going to break down uh, summer movies for multiple clips. We have a lot of thoughts, but first, most important, what's at stake? What's at stake for some of the principals in 2015 this summer? First one, one of my favorites. I've been with them for 34 years and counting. Maybe, you know what, I'm going to throw in taps. I've been with them 35 years and counting. Wow. My man, Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. Uh, yeah, Tom Cruise. Riding and dying, and that car is going off the cliff. I am in the passenger seat. I'll go, I'll go anywhere that Chris? Be. Well, obviously, this is Tom Cruise's first movie since uh, Going Clear, the Scientology documentary directed by Alice Gibney. So we're all waiting to see if the portrayal of Cruise in that movie will affect how we see him in Mission Impossible 5. You realize that the first Mission Impossible came out before Jerry Maguire? Like that's how long. Wow. I, yes. That's how yeah, long no, 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 I was no. still a magazine editor. That's how long this franchise <laughs> is. It's kind of staggering to realize that he's just gone back to it over and over again. I think it was kind of going to be like the touchstone. Like whenever I want to do something crazy, I'll always have Mission Impossible. But now it's really like the warp and woof of his career. Like the yeah. other movies are very much like Mission Impossible movies. Well, the other thing is that he they need to figure out what to do with this movie to make make people want to see it. Because Edge of Tomorrow was a perfect movie. It was a perfect action movie, a perfect Tom Cruise movie. It just, because it was mismarketed, it had a bad title. Nobody knew what it was about. Great, it sounded like a uh, soap opera kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, it was... Yeah, however, I would say that shot of him from the trailer holding onto the plane, that's the moment that you want. That's the right. Tom Cruise is so crazy he would do something <laughs> like that that's really insane. And remember, he's an international star. Yeah, I would assume it's going to work for all kind the of, issues they had with it. It's funny. I don't think anybody remembers Mission Impossible, the TV show. And now, aside from that famous well, they thing, remember the it's song. a Tom Cruise thing. Now. Yeah, they yeah. remember the song. And also, like, when he did the thing, like, Ving Rhames was a hot name at that point. Like, it was a cool movie. Emmanuel Bayard. Yeah, I was ready yeah. for Cruise in that movie in the mid-90s. And you know what? In the mid-2000s, I'm still ready. Right. See? I'm still ready, too. And we can't forget that the fourth one was astronomically successful in North America and everywhere else. People want to see him in these movies. Well, it was a Brad Bird-directed movie. Yes, Brad that was Bird, also really Brad well Bird made. happens to be a great director. Yes. And yeah, I mean, I don't think the things that go on, the noise that goes on in his life, seem to affect that much what people do as far as seeing him in movies. I feel like it affects the kind of movies he, he does. I think there's a reason why we don't get to see him play a dad, a coach. I think there's a reason why uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and Bradley Cooper are working with the kind of directors now yeah. that Cruz worked with in the 90s, and I think that's regrettable, but I think people still go and see his movies. That's a little bit of Travolta syndrome. Mm. Like Travolta got so yeah. strange that the parts that he takes... Who wrote that piece for Grantland about that? The parts that Travolta oh, takes... Oh, wrote that, yeah. ...have now resembled how strange his personal life has become. It's all these weird choices, and he's not like a dad. He's not, he's not even the guy from Phenomenon anymore. He's always you, has to have yeah, some sort of weird Yeah, you won't believe wrinkle. him unless he's he, mentally He has to be a crazy person. Yes, yes. All right, we're going to keep going. 
Uh, Melissa McCarthy, what's at stake for her? You come out of Bridesmaids and you think, well, Kristen Wiig's going to make one of these every year. But yeah. that wasn't what she wanted to do. That's not who Kristen Wiig is. It was what Melissa McCarthy wanted to do. Strike while the iron is hot and keep making them until they tell you you can't. You know, We're going to make Tammy. We're going to make this movie. We're going to make that movie. Now, in this film, I think the materials look pretty good. The trailer looks pretty good. And this is Paul Feig writing and directing the guy who did Bridesmaids. Right. So this would seem to be her best shot to really like put some numbers up on the board. Because you would say that she hasn't really scored big at the box office with something that didn't involve someone like Sandra, Sandra Bullock along yeah, for the yeah. ride. So I like the heat. She's got something. She's got something to prove, but she's going to get another couple of chances yeah, to do it. I think. I think people like to watch her do the thing that she does. I just would like to see her more. I'd like to see her do more than that thing. The thing is, she's one of these comic figures, as we mentioned before, who can get her own shot. You know, she doesn't need to have stuff written for her. She can no. just be in a situation. She can find a way to be funny. But that gets her in trouble sometimes, too, because what she falls back on tends to be her her size. And I don't know that that's always I don't always find that as funny as other people do. I mean, it's the Paul Blart problem, which I mean, I guess if you're the bean counters for the Paul Blart movies, you're like, thank God Kevin James just ran into that plate glass window. But I don't know. I feel like Melissa McCarthy can do more than that. Well, that and was I the like Chris Farley it. syndrome, right? Where yes, he's yes, in yes. Tommy Boy, it's a hit. Then he's in Tommy Boy again as Black Sheep. And then it's Beverly Hills Ninja. And then he just becomes that guy. But Melissa McCarthy, McCarthy, as you say, I think she's better than that. She's got yeah. a number. I mean, we saw in St. Vincent, she has a number of pitches. Yeah. You know? she, yeah. can certainly, she can certainly play that. And I think we'll see a little of that in this movie, too. I hope so. I think her worst case scenario is I think she could just become female Sandler. Where every, if, if Tammy made money... Then that tells me that she can just release comedies that are going to make money, whether they're Tammy good or not. Tell me, had Susan Sarandon, okay? Anything that Susan Sarandon is in deserves to make money and lots of it. Somebody, wow. Somebody just had a... Get off of my lawn! <laughs> <laughs> uh, Michelle Pfeiffer, right here, in Chris Conley. Next one, one of my favorites. Uh, it's been the century of Jake Gyllenhaal. Indeed oh, it has. Really going 2001 Donnie Darko all the way through. He's still pumping out. I, I feel like he's our most underrated A-lister. Do you disagree? Underrated? Yeah. Uh, I would say he's properly rated. I, th I think that he is good in a lot of things, but he's never... I, I have not seen him in anything where I thought he was great. I liked him with the arm around uh, Taylor Swift in that picture that was on the cover of Us magazine all the time. <laughs> that might have been acting. Also I always, acting. I always thought that, More acting. I always thought that photograph looked like a 21st century version of Bob Dylan and Susie Rotolo <laughs> on the cover of Freewheel and oh, Bob Dylan. come on. It was like, look wow. at this young, lovely couple. Well, this is the movie, Southpaw for the Summer, that has For Your Consideration written on it, right? Yeah. It's like you look at all these movies and their entertainments, but you see what he's going to do in this with a script written by the Sons of Anarchy guy, right? Yes. And this looks like something that gets you a Best Actor nomination. Well, the problem is the trailer, and I hate when Hollywood does this. And I think I'm, everything oh, happens yeah, in a trailer. Yeah. Everything. The whole movie. And I didn't really know what the movie was. I just knew it was called Southpaw, and I'm at Fast 7, and they show the Southpaw trailer, and it's like, I don't even need to go see this now unless it's an Oscar contender. That's how I know. But that, but it's that interesting happens. that goes to Wesley's point. It's like the point, the reason why you cast Jake Gyllenhaal is so you don't have to do that in a trailer. Right. It's right. like, I'm going to see it because Jake Gyllenhaal's in it. I'll be sure it's a good movie. If you cast an A-list or A-minus list guy like that, don't tell the whole story. Let him sell it for you. Right. And yet the trailer very much they does They don't that. trust him. I don't think they... I don't, this is the thing. I don't think they trust... Any star. You know my theory about how America is just ready for certain type of movies? Like, one of the reasons Scream made it in 97, people are just ready for a horror movie. And yeah, sometimes they're ready for a funny movie. And sometimes they're ready for a baseball movie. I think boxing movies are like that. 
And every couple of years, people are just kind of ready to go to a boxing movie. The irony of this is that a Mayweather character would be the most interesting boxing movie we could have, right? A guy who's been repeatedly accused and twice convicted for domestic violence, who is also the biggest fighter in the world and has all these people now coming after him. And it's kind of like the Apollo Creed slash Mike Tyson slash Clubber Lang. All these different guys ballooning into this supervillain. Well, only as a villain. I mean, that's the problem. Yeah, it's as, like, a, as a true it's villain. Like those sort of things right now are not forgivable in a character. Like, you, no. couldn't, you couldn't redeem a character who had done those things. That is just, the audience won't go there anymore. Well, I will we'll get say, that in name, the fall, by the way. I can name five movies that I thought Jake Gyllenhaal was super really good in, and I think you're underrating him. Go on. Brokeback. Sure. Donnie Darko. Fine. Uh, Nightcrawler. Ugh. No? I'm acting! What was the L.A. Cops one? End of Watch. End of Watch. I really like End of Watch. The best thing in that movie, yeah? my, favorite, my personal favorite thing, besides Michael Pena, is the dance that he and Anna Kendrick do at the wedding. The, they, they work that whole thing out. Yeah. It is beautiful. And that is the most effortless thing that probably required the most work. It is fun to feel like there's an actor out there who hasn't hit his ceiling yet. Yeah. And we're waiting no. to see what that ceiling might be. I so don't think he's hit the ceiling. That's good. So true Judd Apatow facts here. Knocked Up came out in 2007. Okay. Funny People, which the first hour of Funny People is, I still think, the best hour of any Judd Apatow movie. And then it goes... Uh, you know why? Because you it tries to be like a Jim Brooks movie. Yeah. And Jim Brooks movies are defined by their sympathy for the female character. It just but he doesn't, hour, he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't lock in to the woman in the same way a Jim yeah. Brooks movie did. I bet he would do stuff differently with that. And then yeah, 2012, probably. this is 40, which never got there either. Tummy, now, Trainwreck, 2015, he's got Amy Schumer, who has definitely ascended. I don't think she's an A-lister, but she's... You know, no. I've taken the baby steps there. You got The Rock, you got John Cena, you got Apatow. People are ready for a movie like this. Does it work? I hope so for everybody involved, sake. Because, I mean, talk about people who need something to happen for them. And lots at stake for, I mean, not for Amy Schumer, because she's never made a movie before. She's never yeah. starred in a movie. This is a win already for her. Right. It's just having the movie made. She's I like don't, the Wizards making the yeah, finals. I don't know. I don't know if she, <laughs> I don't know if she's any good, but she's good on the TV show, and I think that I don't know. I'm, I am curious to see how this goes. Apatow needs this way more than Apatow doesn't need anything. Well, I mean, Apatow's doing fine and deserves to do fine. I mean, he's the, he is he has shepherded really interesting voices, and he is he has used his sway to get really interesting and diverse voices into comedy. And this is going to be one of his greater achievements. I don't see you, how I don't see how this can miss. Right. This is the movie I think has the best chance to be the kind of movie that folks like us talk about at parties and, and friends and stuff. And you left out Bill Hader as the male lead in a rom-com. This is basically a rom-com. It's a raunchy rom-com, yes. but it's a rom-com, which is, I think it's, I, I'm a huge fan of his. I mean, he's obviously been on the podcast. I'm a little biased, but I, I'm, I'm excited to see him he as just act. a traditional romantic lead. I think he's he, a really good he actor. He is an actor. The Skeleton Twins, I thought he was really good in. Yeah. Back in, what, 1996 or something, we all said he derailed Jim Carrey's career, right? When he did Cable Guy, was an Apatow involved in that and That's somehow? a fun movie well, in retrospect. But he's an auteur. Basically, and, well, he's a, he's an impresario. I mean, he right. identifies talent, he nurtures talent, and he allows talent to speak in that talent's voice. Whether it's uh, you know Seth Rogen or Lena Dunham, and now Amy Schumer, I I don't see how this can miss. I think everybody's going to want to see guys, this. Can I say you guys? I think you're both right. I don't even think I we think disagree. Ap- no, I think Apatow's already won, but I also think he needs this because yeah. oh, well, I to guess me, we, this is yeah, in that sense we do. 
I, I'm gonna I'm gonna do something I've never done before. I'm gonna compare sports and pop culture. <laughs> um, to me, this is like the fifth Spurs title. They didn't need the fifth Spurs title because they had already won but the there fourth was something titles. Duncan on the line. was a top yes. ten player ever, yes. but yes. that fifth Spurs title now puts that era in a completely different. Uh, perceptions, and I would say if the movie's a hit, it's Amy Schumer's fault. If it doesn't work, it's Apatow's. One, one I mean, that's thing. the that'll so be the perception. Yeah. So it's a no risk right, situation. Right. The, using Cena and LeBron in roles where they actually have to act and they're essential <laughs> to the movie was, I thought, really smart because now you got LeBron's Twitter feed. You have John right. Cena's Twitter feed. You have all the basketball fans. You have all the wrestling fans. You're basically just grabbing these two audiences that maybe wouldn't have been that interested in the movie. I thought and it was Amy smart. Schumer That's totally is true about LeBron the, on Twitter about that. Yeah. She's in... It's actually secretly brilliant because her comedy is about kicking those guys in the balls. Yep. Quickly, we do The Rock. What's at stake? I mean, I think this is pretty easy. If, if San Andreas hits... Combined with Fast 7, he becomes the king of summer movies. He has got opinion. to start making better movies. Touch my hand. He's Touch got, my hand, Chris Connolly. This guy should be three, this guy should be three <laughs> to four times bigger than he is right now. Well, that character that we illegal, saw. Legally. Legally. You know, legally. <laughs> that character, for example, that we saw in like Get Smart or something, you know, where is that? It's like, I, he yes. makes these movies, yes. I feel yes. like, that Schwarzenegger either made or looked at or didn't make 20 years ago, and he is so good. Pain and Gainey is really good. Yeah, yeah, but, but that's you know, a but Michael like, Bay but like, movie stop, that yeah, was good. Stop grabbing him yeah. off the. I, I feel like sometimes he takes him off the slush pile and says, no. "Oh, Tooth Fairy." Okay, right. well, Schwarzenegger was going to do that. Tooth Fairy actually worked. Okay. My kids like that movie. All right, well, and, you know, but, but more of your that. Kids are like, too old. You're right. We discussed this before. It's like San Andreas has to make you terrified for an earthquake. Right? That two minute clip that that poor guy on the on Mount Everest shot yeah. after the actual earthquake. That's so much more frightening than any. CGI of a yeah. boat going over or a building going over. How does it compare? It's like, you know, it's just really visceral and powerful. And so I just feel like this movie looks big, and but it will it will struggle to compete, sadly, with real-life events. And well, I don't know if we're going to want to see that. It's this like, guy needs something where, that doesn't cost $200 million, that is made and written and directed by a smart person. He needs what, what we would call a Sundance movie. Like, now, a, like a, the wrestler Mickey Rourke type of role? Well, no, but no, I mean, he's a great-looking guy, and he's really yes. charismatic. Here's something, the thing. The reason why we're saying this is he's good. Yes. Yes. Like, he's really yes. good. And yes. so we should get to see a movie. Movie where he where he gets to be and as good everybody as knows convinced. he's good. We're we all know. Right. Everybody talks about thing. how good he is. He's the greatest wrestler of all time. Really? Yeah. You best had combination. Hulk Hogan on your podcast. Best combination of moves in the ring, persona. Yes. And then what they call in the biz, Mike skills. The best. He came in. I went to WrestleMania with my son. He came in. Seventy five thousand people. Own the room. Yeah, I can see that. And I it's mean, just like there's that a reason right, that charisma. Shoot. There's a reason he's a movie star. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And he should. We it all should love feel, the rock. It should feel like he's a really big movie Absolutely star. Absolutely yes. All right, our last one. Pixar, not a person. Mm. Turns out it's a whole company that's made lots of successful <laughs> things, but it has a movie out coming uh, called Inside Out that uh, is rare in this respect. It is told from the perspective of a female character, which in these kids movies, these animated movies. Usually it's a male character or it's some sort of alien character or whatever. This is a movie that appeals directly toward people like my 10-year-old daughter. Will it work? Well, they did make Brave a little while ago. Yeah, yeah. that's... I mean, this is, a company that is attuned, this is a company that's attuned to both genders in a lot of ways. I mean, it is very sensitive to the, the entire audience. I think, it, I think it'll work. I Not think if you ask my daughter. 
What? My daughter's always like, why don't they make more movies with girl characters? And Oh, interesting. I mean, yeah. but I feel like women are present in their movies in a way that, you know, when you really look at them, they don't feel male to me. Um, they feel a lot more bi-gendered, if that's even a fair thing. To or no-gendered. Or, or neutered. Ungendered. <laughs> well, they don't really do sexy, that's true. But, I mean, they're so... That'd be weird. The thing is, they're so good. Yeah. Like, Pixar is so good, we hold them to a very high standard. The thing I want to see, and I know it sounds stupid, is I want the movie to be funny. I just want the movie to be yes. really funny. I feel like they're so good, they're, they're so skilled, that, you know, just the base level of entertainment, sometimes they seem to shoot even higher than that. So I'd like a fresh movie that's really funny. I really like the odds of this one working well. I think, I think. the reason they're on this, the chopping block of this category, though, is that there's this perception that they have, like, hit their idea ceiling. And that, I mean, they've done a lot of sequels, more than you would ever thought they would do, of things that, like, people liked but weren't crying out for a part two. Yeah. And I think people are eager to see them make another, like, create something new that is like a Wally or like an Up. Movies that weren't their biggest hits but definitely were among their most interesting movies. And people think Brave was kind of a flop. But it's actually a really good movie, and it made a lot of money. So I feel like there's this cultural perception around Pixar that is somewhat unfair, but at the same time kind of warranted because well, the, the, their, their the bar success. is so high. The bar high is so high. This looks like it's going like, to at least aim for that bar. Yeah. Wesley just beautifully explained what's at stake for Pixar. Nothing's at stake, but yet there's this perception that maybe they're, yeah. you know, yeah. and if they this need movie one. doesn't do they well. And remember, Disney animation, the home office, is really going crazy these yes. days. Frozen and everything that went with that. I mean, they are really on top of their game. So it's time for Pixar to respond. Ooh. Frozen, what was that? Yeah, just some, <laughs> some small independent Two girls. Films. It's like, that movie my kids watched 20 times over the span of <laughs> yeah. three weeks. Ah, uh, but why? Haunted by Nights. Ah, uh, but why? Why mm. do they watch Frozen so much? What is it that they love about Frozen? That's a great question. The so, music? Is it the music? The music. Just the, the music? Just the music and just everything. They just like going into that world. I think one of the things it does is it unlocks one of the most unobserved relationships inside family dynamics. The unrequited love wow, of the younger sister for the older sister. No, it's it's something that, that, that stories rarely touch on. It's something that fiction and real life really touch on. But it's so it universal. so powerful. Yeah. And boys, and what, yeah. I mean, it, it, it doesn't know uh, boy versus girl. I mean, everybody responds to that movie. And well, Titanic was like that too, right? People would just go and see Titanic again and again yeah, and again. Yeah, no, they would go see it at two o'clock and then five o'clock, <laughs> and it, and it was like, so why, what do you me. like about this movie? I and did it had that. all these different chess pieces to it's it. Like it's freaking Titanic. That's what I love about it. Yeah, yeah. Right. And it also happened to have Leo and Kate Winslet, who became two of the biggest stars we had at the perfect point in their careers. And yep. No, I mean, it, Frozen is a similar situation. I will say I mean, though, the, the song twelve times. The song really helps Frozen. Like oh, yeah. a movie like that, you need to have the song that your your kids are going to want to play over and over again. Anyway, uh, Grantland, uh, owned by Disney, just saluted Disney. Just Some saying, products. it was y'all totally doing organic. a good job. Grantland summer movie preview. We'll be back with more. Keep checking. Grantland summer movie preview continues. That's Wesley Morris. That's Chris Connolly. We're playing a little game we like to call. Are we sure they're good? Sometimes we do, are we sure you're good? And we just say it to each other. This time we're doing, are we sure they're good? And then we just finally like, walk off the set. Afterwards. We're not piling on people. We're not being overcritical. We're just, I love an just a performance sure. evaluation. I just want to make sure yeah. they're good. Paul Rudd, are we sure he's good? <laughs> yes. Since the clueless, right? Sometimes. He, he, he's got one pitch. He's, got, he's a one-pitch guy. 
And sometimes, it's a cut fastball, but it's one pitch. Sometimes the opposing team can just keep hitting it out of the park, and he can't seem to get it. Ant-Man is the first you know, Marvel movie with a little bit of disturbance in the force, right? There's some like drama connected to its script. Or, Lots of drama. Or to who directed it. It being it. a terrible idea. Yes. Well, yeah, not that's a terrible a idea, but no, somebody else developed it, and everybody was all psyched about the, you know. This I, is, if this like, movie had happened 15 years ago, it would be a huge hit, and Paul Lord would be a major star. Now it feels like, hmm. it just feels like, Nobody knew what to do, including Paul Rudd. Well, we'll see. We'll you know. see about the movie. You got to see. But it doesn't. It just has a whiff of. He has. A, he has an inherent charm, though, and I think there's. Yes. And that, there's a reason why he keeps getting to play. You know, he's I, super I saw likable. him in Twelfth Night. He yes. was good. He's wonderful. He's wonderful. He's wonderful. Super likable. He has a way of. He drifts between all the different gangs of comedy. That's right. That yeah. you want to be in, like, oh, he's in the Apatow gang, but he's also in the Too Cool for School LA Improv gang, yeah. and he's in the Missouri Mafia gang with Joe Buck and John Hamm. Right, and right, 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 so he just right, right. he has this high approval rating just based on the fact, oh, the Anchorman, like Will Ferrell, and he Funnier Die. To, he needs to. I would like to see him leverage that. In a way that is outside all of those universes. I, I think you, and, you hit it though. And inside of this one, not it's inside. It's got the cut fastball. Too. It's yeah. worked for there 20 years. Yeah. That's right. Uh, Kristen Wiig, are we sure she's good? Oh, definitely, she's good. She's we, just she's just choosier than the average person who has a hit comedy. I mean, she you know she follows her own muse. She does it a little differently than everybody else. I think she's good at the one or two. Th- I I mean, when she's good, there is nobody better. But I think that she is another one-note person in some ways. Well, and see, I, I think agree. she needs somebody to push her past that. She's doing something else. She's working the edges. That's why she can't bang out a new movie every year. It's why she plays these sort of unusual characters in these odd films. While sometimes she'll, she'll take a part in like a Ben Stiller film. And that means she has the potential to have an interesting career that lasts a number of years. Yes, I agree with you. I just am more curious about seeing what else she can do that isn't, you know, sort of the pinched, weird character. Well, she's got, what, four stuff. movies coming out this summer? Yeah. I mean, I mean you're I'm gonna, looking you're, forward you're, to You're going to get to see every, uh, you know, with two so like, Sundance and stuff. What was or? that Aniston movie she made when she was trying to shed Rachel from Friends? The Good Girl? Oh, The Good Girl, yeah. Like, that's a Kristen Wiig movie. But, the Mom and Little Miss Sunshine. She could have played the Tony, Tony Collette Don't part. take parts from Tony Collette. I'm just saying, those are <laughs> she, the type of movies I see her in, but I don't see her in, like, Basic Instinct. <laughs> there, oh there's God. a sexiness that she doesn't have. I think she's pigeonholed she by. She's yeah, going to be like mumbling. She I don't think she needs it. Yeah, I don't. I don't think right. she. I don't. That's not something who's, I need to see from. Who's her prototype? What, whose career can she have? I thought Give about Goldie Hawn, pre- but but she couldn't have been Goldie Hawn in like. No. Seems like old times. Like Goldie on in like a. She could have been cheapness. though with the right Chevy Chase. She been Private Benjamin. She could on? do Private Benjamin. But you know that's not what she does. She's she's going to come at you from a from an angle, and yeah. she's going to be one of these people that will keep doing it and will develop this kind of devoted following. You know the way an indie actress might like. I, down think, the road. I think that's her destiny. Indies. And she basically is. I mean, that's what she's doing. Seth MacFarlane. Are we sure he's good in the movies? No, I'm not sure. I mean, he like that guy. He'll just keep coming at you until you submit. <laughs> Ted is the perfect, you know, uh, you know, place for his skills. Like yeah. that first movie was really funny. He gets Wahlberg doing the Wahlberg thing. It's like this is where he is best used, I think, in terms of in terms of films. You know. Yeah, I also wonder whether or not he keeps trying to do things like A Million Ways to Die in the West. You know, you know if it had like, been a hit, I'm sure he would have gotten a shot. It was kind of a surprise it didn't do better, but you know. I'm surprised, too, actually. I think the Oscars really, even if you didn't watch that show, I think the stink of how it was received 
has has stuck to him at least at least last year it stuck. Westerns are always a problem. Like like and, westerns okay. scare westerns that's, scare people. Westerns you know. have pulled people into the abyss many times. <laughs> they really yeah. have. No, what was, good, what was the Will, even Will Smith failed they in a really western? Have the Wild Wild West. Yeah. But that was My that gosh. was a hit though. That that's was, a shocking hit. But oh, it's a hit. You know, but, but here's the it's thing. Awful, it's considered a bomb. Here's the thing. We'll talk about this later. But it is fascinating to look back at the grosses of these films and to see like. Where the numbers fall, because the perceptions of them, how they were received mm -hmm. in the town, are very different. Like, something can look like a hit, right. but everybody is, said, we just about killed ourselves dragging that over the $70 million line. Right. Let's agree that we never do that again. <laughs> and that's kind of what happened to Wild yeah. Wild West. Yes. It's like, yeah. let's get those chaps off forever, okay? They're still good. Teaming these two together. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Cameron Crowe. No... And yes, I believe. Yes, in for Cameron Crowe. I believe in. You Cameron believe in Cameron Crowe. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, you're always. I will always says. believe in him. You're yeah. gonna believe in him and Golden Retrievers. That's absolutely right. Um, Arnold has <laughs> and to. And the Winter Family. Arnold has to find a way to be in a movie. He has Arnold, to prove it to Arnold. Me. Arnold needs a new persona, like I, the persona yes. that the persona that ding, was around ding, for ding. a long time. It's a huge success. We really enjoyed it. It was fun. But we now have new information about him, and he's got to be somebody else. I bet he can figure it out, maybe, but we haven't seen what that is yet. Yes. You know? He has a small zombie movie coming out this summer that I think might... If people see it, recast him in a certain way. And you're not telling and a joke about Terminator. This is a no. He's got a, a he's got a, a giant movie. zombie movie got, coming know. out in December too. The thing about Schwarzenegger is everybody knows he was the governor of California. It's crazy that nobody isn't trying to get him away from that sort of action movie and having him do like a like a one of those White House down like movies. a Fred Thompson James Cromwell part he need no well he can be the star of this movie uh -oh. I mean I don't I don't object to that so you're saying entirely. bring his political life into the movie I think he needs to do something that people will latch onto that isn't the thing people latched onto got over and now have to roll their eyes at 25 years later what about Tyler Perry's White House where he plays the secret <laughs> The Secret Service agent who, pr no. who protects President Lee Daniels, Dave the Butler too, with oh. Arnold Schwarzenegger as like Barack Obama. I that, think I think I don't I don't, I don't agree. I think that. I think he has to play like those late model Nicholson roles. I think he has to play one of those roles where you look like at about him, Schmidt when you when you look at him, you go, well, this guy's capable of anything, and we kind of and we don't like it at first, and then we come to sort of love him for that. But just which because. Nicholson? Kind of like a few good men. In terms no, of endearment? no, just kind of like you know, kind of like you know, Hoffa. Not like a big starring role, just like a like a like like Nicholson's persona, kind of just sort of yeah. uh, you know inclined to always do the thing that you would want to be seen doing in public. You know? So you want to see him as, as good as it gets. As good as, <laughs> I can't even say it. I, I think he has. I think he has salad. too much baggage. Yeah. I just think. Well, that's the thing. Sacramento, the nanny, all that stuff. He's been around for thirty-five the years. The way you the way you flip that around is you play a guy who's a degenerate. Like yes. if you if you essentially a play politician. It, if you play a degenerate of some kind, then you can you, you can row back from that, which is kind of what he did in his movie career. Like he, they thought he was a lunk, so he played a lunk, and it turned out that he got the joke. Mm. He's got to like get back around and he has come to at reclaim. Us. He has to do the narrative reclaim quickly. Cameron Crowe. Well, here's the thing. It's like maybe if you like could have things your way, Cameron Crowe would be like a Noah Baumbach or a uh, Woody Allen who would make a movie every two years. They'd be a lot less expensive maybe than the movies he's making now. Maybe they'd have less famous people. But you'd get to see what you think he does so well like every two years. Okay, it doesn't work that way. But I think if you swim through 
you know, in this movie, if you swim through the location, if you swim through the big actors, it's still going to be people working out their lives. And he's so good at that. I still want to see him do it. The trailer for Aloha makes me so happy, so irrationally happy. I don't know if the movie's going to work, but it, it, it looks like it's going to work better than the last one did. So I'm, I'm excited. I want to see it. I, I believe the last he is still one of the last five. <laughs> Actually, what, like Vanilla Sky? Vanilla Sky work? was like the last Cameron Crowe movie I liked. I love Cameron Crowe. Yeah. I think and look, we, everybody has their shelf life as a director. Like sometimes it's 10 years, 15, well, whatever. You, you think of him in your mind. You think of him as a director who directs to protect the writing. Right. You know, whether, yes. you know that's, oh, that's sort of what you think of. And we bought a zoo. There's like five really good scenes in that movie. I don't know what to do with that. <laughs> we bought a zoo? Really? We bought a zoo. Really? And, yeah, I mean, really. really. Scarlett Johansson, that scene where Matt Damon yells at the kid in the stairwell of the house, really good. Scarlett Johansson, this is one of the sexiest things she's ever done. Did you see that movie with somebody you liked? Because sometimes I think when you see a movie with somebody you like, it true. changes how you felt about the movie. Because I have a couple of those. I had an empty seat on either side of me. Maybe that's who Maybe you Maybe that's who you really liked. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you this. He's catching Bradley Cooper at Apex Bradley Cooper, coming off a monster movie where Bradley yeah. Cooper will never be bigger and more likely to draw people into another Bradley Cooper movie. So yeah. if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, quickly, Zach Galifianakis, he's got a couple more comedies going on. Are we sure he's good? As it's a movie something. star. It's something. I mean, I don't, like, Birdman sort of made me think that, like, when he's abrasive and sane, yeah. he works. Yeah, that's when a nice touch. That when he's was a really playing good piece a nincompoop, it doesn't work because you don't believe he's that stupid. He's really smooth. He's buttery good at playing that kind of like baby Huey type person. I just don't think I need to see that as his as his go to move in every movie. Talk about a Melissa McCarthy Melissa McCarthy problem. Yeah, I mean Zach Galifianakis has a similar. I mean, this problem. is the thing everybody talks about. It's like there are so many actors out there, comedically speaking, men and women, whose deal is to just you know be hot messes, right? To right. Just like right. erupt and stuff. And that was so cool about Birdman was that by pulling that in, you saw the thing he was like, you know, he was trying to control other crazy people, and you saw like right. the effort involved, and that was really. It's enjoyable. too bad that he, you know, he, I mean. There were so many good performances in that movie that he's his rarely came up for discussion. Yeah. But he's really good in that movie, and he's really good because he is acting in a different gear than than other people. And he's with actors. I'd like to see him rip off a couple a more parts like that. Like he easily could have been one of the six people in Argo. You know? Yeah. He just well, could have played the C. Thomas I think Howell at that part. time, though, he changes the balance of that ship in some ways. He but makes I'm saying it, I want his career to get to the point where. He, he plays John Goodman in that movie. Well, right. but he, yeah, he's in the, he, now, this summer, he's in the Jared Hess movie, right? Yes. He's in the, so he's the guy who did Napoleon Dynamite and did Nacho Libra, right? And yes. those are, you know, particularly Nacho Libra has a wonderful tone that it would be fun to see brought to the fore here. If it's in that same vein, I'd be curious to see it. And Kristen Wiig's in that too, right? Yes. Yeah. Answer. Amy Schumer, are we sure she's good? On her TV show, she's amazing. She's brilliant. She's very funny. We await. That's the fun part. I'm looking forward to seeing... I'm, bet, I'm betting on Amy Schumer. I'm betting I, on I Amy Schumer. I think she's super likable. Women like her, which is relatively hard to do when you go to... You, the, the woman to actually have to root yes, for the actress. we have this conversation. Actress. It's, it's important. They're rooting for the actress as much as the character, and sometimes they're not going to buy into the actress. Next one, just for Sean Fantasy only, James Marsden. Are we sure he's good? Oh, I'm sure. I am so sure that you don't even have to talk. I'll be sure for you. 
The guy what? from Enchanted, right? <laughs> uh, how dare you do the the guy from dot dot dot? Like, yes, he is more to me. I mean, that Enchanted performance is belongs on a shelf in a museum somewhere. He's great in Enchanted, but. I also think there's a lot of other things he can do. And I think one of his problems is he can do too many things. He's really good at He became at, that guy who could just be plugged in. He's, yes. he's like a baseball player. Right. Who he's not like, a star. Hey, you're playing left field today. He's not a huge star. He's a great utility player. And if you get him in something, he's going to be really good. But I think that since Enchanted, and Enchanted and 30 Rock are the two best things he's done, I don't think he's had a part that has really brought out I liked him as Jack Lame in Anchorman 2, but you didn't like Anchorman 2. I didn't like that, but I liked him in it. But I mean, that's Who not really... Who is his market correction? Paul Rudd. Yeah. All right, then. If you go Marsden versus Rudd, I'm telling you. Yeah. It's... it's he, yeah, Marsden is so good looking that he They're can, both so good looking. Well, but, but Rudd is like... Rudd is, you know, Rudd is good looking, but Rudd is relatable. Marsden is like really good looking. Marsden made Catherine Heigl likable in 27 Dresses. It's true. It's true. It's true. She's yeah. really... He, he's really good in that movie. Anyway, right. yes. Last one. Charlize Theron. Yes! Yes! And I'm not saying that because she's got an Oscar no, that she I didn't, didn't deserve to win. I didn't ask, ask my question yet. Yes. Charlize Theron. Are we sure she's not the greatest? Oh! Well, we haven't figured out how to pronounce her name yet. That's we a problem. Haven't? I always thought it was Theron. I would have thought it was Charlize I just Charlize call her Charlize. Theron. To me, she's like a Brazilian soccer player. I don't even care what her last well, To me, she's thing. like a black hairdresser. She Charlize. Is, she is different. I mean, it's the fact that she's from South Africa and not from Australia, not from England, not from America, it does make her, just give her like this aura of being different somehow. And she really uses it well in the movies. Like, she's not your average anything. She's not she afraid does. of anything. She'll do, she's not afraid to be unliked. I think she, I think that's a really important skill, and not a skill, but I mean it's an important characteristic in a in a performer to not be afraid of an audience yep. being against you for an entire. Now movie. that said, I think this movie, this Mad Max movie, like rises or falls, not really having anything to do with her. I think she's along for the that ride. Is, that I, don't, is I don't think if she I was, just threw I don't think it was I the greatest Charlize. decision in the world. But you know, I thought I I think I and you were like the two people who really loved uh, Young Adult. You know, no. I loved Young Adult. I like her in that movie a lot. He I has like a Jason really, Reitman issue. We, this is a whole thing with Wesley and I. I really, well, I mean, that's not, he's not the only reason that movie doesn't work. But, but she's really good in it. And I think, I don't know what the deal, I don't know what her relationship is to the movie industry anymore. I don't know if like there are things that she's offered that, that, that she doesn't want to do. But she is a very good actress and when she wants to be a movie star, a movie star. She has it's 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 the kind of thing where she can like she has the movie star cloak hanging in her closet. Right. She can take it out and put it on when yes. she wants. And it's a combination of glamour and a certain aura and stuff, but she doesn't have to wear it all the time. No. She can put it in the And away you watch and her in those it. Dior commercials, which is a, it's a crazy thing to bring up, but those perfume ads, she is so commanding of of that to get 15 seconds of taking off her clothes and like walking down a hallway. She's got her movie star costume on oh. in those ads and I've yet to see a movie that allows her to be that commanding in a way that like makes you turn your head and want to see her. But see that's the thing though. You don't think a- it was young adult? But that's the, thing, like the, the thing that she pushes back against, I think, is this idea that she's a beautiful woman. Right. And Hollywood, right. if you're a beautiful woman, wants you to be a beautiful woman. And here's the guy but who, like, does... Who, her and resistance you, to that, I totally understand it psychologically. But as a moviegoer, I struggle with the belief that 
she is some of the people she's playing. This is mostly small films. And the thing about Young Adult is she is playing a beautiful person who's ugly on the inside. And that's a really interesting irony to me. My only two points on her is one, you know, like think if LeBron never left Cleveland in 2009 and he's just playing with Daniel Gibson. And oh boy. All these crappy teammate, teammates that uh, old Shaq. And, all, and it was yes. like finally LeBron got out to play with Wayne and Bosch. Charlize is just on the 2009 Cavs over and over and over again. She, it's like she's her, she must have the worst choice in scripts ever. Um, second, she's the only person that we have right now as an actress other than maybe Scarlett. But I don't know if Scarlett's funny. I actually think Charlize she can, funny. Be, she funny. can be funny. Yes. Well, I've never told. I mean, we've seen it in like Woody Allen funny, but we've never seen it in like she's actually funny in the Seth MacFarlane movie, and it's not a good movie. Yes. But like she could have played Basic Instinct. But she also I keep going back to this. Basic well, I'm talking instinct about thing. different like like crazy parts, right? Yes, like that's yes. the crazy. She sex could have part. done basic. Instinct. She could have really played the Meryl Streep Devil Wears Prada part. I feel like she could have done that. She could have. She I played mean, the young think, adult part. I like that there are these. You know what I mean? Like she can do different you. things. Yeah. No, I, I, I think Charlize Theron can do just about anything. Sexy, funny, bitchy, very smart. I mean, she the could be the best friend. She could be ugly. Her. Yes. It makes me mad that she doesn't have a better career, Chris. She's got an Oscar. A lot of people don't. I think she should be our most famous actress. I think she's right where she wants to be. I think yeah, if she I, wanted that, she's not where I that. want her to be. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to finish that thought. <laughs> Who's next? Nobody. Oh. That's it. We'll be back on Grant with several <laughs> movie preview more after this.